0: You're listening to the Saturday Morning RPG Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. now? We're going to start over now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Give us the thumbs up and chat. Hello,
0: ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Saturday Morning RPG Show. My name is Jordan with technical issues up the wazoo. And uh, I am joined by my co-host Lucian over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Uh, hello, Lucian. We've had two solo mm-hmm. shows, and yes. I like those. But apparently, I get my sound settings all messed up. Um, yes. But we're uh, we're back from outer space, <laughs> so, and I'm so here neat. with that look upon my face. Um, we're gonna talk about Duchess Dragons news. So sorry, guys, that that w- we had just I don't know what is going on with my audio because it all sounds fine on my end. That's the problem with using things like Voice Meter Banana. Mm-hmm is you route it, and you can, like, route it perfectly. But there's to no, your like... your headphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's no, like, preview. And so what I was doing mm. is I was actually... Uh, I think... I, I don't know where that looping was coming from. I have to look it at up. Yeah, we'll figure it out later. Anyway, we're back.
1: <laughs> we're here.
0: Um, we're a tabletop RPG talk show. We're going to talk about news and things that are happening in the world of tabletop RPGs, of which mm-hmm. there are quite a few... Um and then we kind of round out the show talking about our personal games and things that we're working on. First of all, goodbye September. It is the last day.
1: It's of gone. September. Yeah.
0: Um it is crazy. It is cold here now. It has just got really really cold. I finally turned on the heater. I'm really excited for mm-hmm. non- I see a sweatshirt summer weather this sweatshirt I did get um from a coheating Cambria concert I went to and that was exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very good to see Mr. Claudio on stage. He's one of my favorite bands. Um, which gets us into the October spooky month. And October is, I think, the perfect time to switch up whatever game you're playing for like a Halloween one shot.
1: Like a new campaign start. I agree. October a great <laughs> month for the new campaign start. A
0: brand new campaign. Let's uh, just do it. First in the news is... Minecraft is now part of or there's a Dungeons and Dragons DLC for Minecraft. Yes. I don't play Minecraft. Um I understand the Stop appeal. Stop the it. show.
1: Hold on. Stop the show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I understand the appeal of it because you can literally build anything. It's like Legos and three-dimensional I love this game. and stuff. It's
1: how my YouTube channel started um, was Minecraft. Yeah.
0: Um, and so is what what other uh minecraft expansions has there been like dlc are there like there must be tons right
1: now well no now you're putting me on the spot because originally it was with the one person developer who put out the game and people played the alpha and the beta and then the game that got released and then he hired one or two more people but it still was super small and there's a contingent that remembers that as being minecraft and then microsoft buys them and obviously when microsoft buys your company that that explodes the amount of people that are working on this now and then now i know in the last couple years there have been other examples of minecraft minecraft dungeons comes to mind i know there was there was some um telltale games for minecraft stories okay there were They put out a lot of updates that add new features but i don't think they necessarily call them like dlc or anything until probably this past year where we started to see a little bit more product placement type minecraft and again i'm a little bit now out of the loop for the last couple years because i played a bunch i mean it looks like seven or eight
0: yeah just going over their their thing here we have haunted hospital and epic weapons and or golem like there's all kinds of extra monsters and stuff i guess you can add yeah adding monsters is a big thing yeah um oh they have a mind flare this is fun so i i don't it says unlock this game for 1510 m coins um, so there must be like a marketplace that you exchange real money for the fake money to then buy stuff. Sure, is what I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. um, but like, who knows? It could be really cool. I know Minecraft is awesome. I yeah, it it could be super awesome. So
1: well, if you want to know, you can go over to the Dungeons and Dragons channel because they also put a video up where they're talking to a couple of the developers from that. Oh, um, cool. So don't do uh, it
0: now. You're watching us. Stop.
1: No, yeah, Come stop. Don't back. hit that button. Um, and they talk about the challenges of bringing something that iconic to because really that's two iconic genres. Like I would say, Dungeons and Dragons is to tabletop RPG what Minecraft is to computer gaming. Really, I mean it's a a monolith of a of a thing. There's so many people that know it. There's so many YouTube channels it's, that are it's built around it. So yeah. it's or not big.
0: franchise, but it's a it's a name, yeah. Minecraft.
1: Yeah, it's it's a big thing. So bringing those two together is really really big thing. Whereas, and I think the one thing they talked about is Minecraft was the cell was it was a virtual open world that built itself every time you started a new game. It was infinitely um, pre generated, almost like you know AI generated, but it wasn't really AI, but just like there's a seed in it generates and then you go explore that world and you do that thing very open sandbox very make your own story no in the beginning no quests or anything to do you just survive in this world you just live and you you decide how you play is it about killing monsters is it about digging up or is it about building is it about bringing a community together you will see people that have built like the full world of uh Lord of the Rings or you'll see people that have built sci-fi stuff or fantasy stuff you'll yeah. see people that have taken it and turned it into what they call adventure maps where it's like a theme park that you can go through and you're trying to find things and, you know, complete the monument and all that kind of stuff. So it really was a game that allowed immense creativity, just like Dungeons and Dragons is a game that allows immense creativity when you're building your campaign and you're getting your party together and doing things, but bringing those two together, it's different because it's like sandbox meets camp, you know, like uh Structured campaign, <laughs> and then you like bring it story storytelling. Well, that's the thing is, I think they Structure, have like, stories NPCs. and games and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. I don't. I, I think
0: it's Dungeons and Dragons themed. I don't think you could like, I don't think it's designed to run Dungeons and Dragons. I think it's like here's our here's iconic D&D monsters, and then your character can be iconic. D D classes is kind of what i'm getting from yeah. it
1: but yeah yeah because there is no class system in the in the regular part of it right, right? it's just you're just whoever but there are quests there are, and they there is a adventure kind of mode so that you can add quests and you can have interaction with the world that exists and they built the dungeons and dragons worlds so you can go i believe to water deep is from what i understood from the video i haven't been in it yet And you can go to these places and they built the sword coast, right? They built the stuff that I think you can go to and and check out.
0: So you adventure in Baldur's Gate with Larian Studios, and then you convert your character over to Minecraft to go to Water. Exactly. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So very interesting. The reason I wondered about it too is that the younger generation is huge into Minecraft. And I wonder if that's a nice pull to get younger generation into Dungeons and Dragons. Because I know right now, I feel like Dungeons and Dragons is probably marketed for still college and above regular adults at this point. I don't know if they're specifically marketing to high school kids or middle school kids. I mean, would you think any of their marketing points to getting a bunch of middle schoolers to play?
0: Um, I think they just want anyone to play but there's a big emphasis with Wizards on uh like families playing together. Um and okay. judging by my 14-year-old nephew D&D <laughs> is huge in oh, middle okay, school great. and high school. Perfect. So uh, <laughs> and he was excited about this because he's also really enjoys Minecraft. Um so That's what I was wondering. uh you know as long as there as long as people are playing and and getting the brand in that younger generation is, uh, important too, for them, I think so.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a touchstone because I think that's where the game originally was, was targeted and marketed. I think that's where its popularity came from was middle schoolers and high schoolers playing and enjoying it and then growing up and still playing it and still keeping it in, you know, bringing it to the forefront and not making it just a backroom basement kind of thing um we grew up with it and now it's mainstream right it's it's not a stigma to be oh yeah i play dungeons and dragons yeah
0: yeah i think uh they're just they're just i don't know it's great now but yeah you're right it was uh we saw the we're gonna see a lot more of those cross promotion things like the rick and morty and the yeah. stranger things and i think this one there were there were also the minecraft monsters that they released on D D beyond I think way mm-hmm. before this came out, but when it was announced. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you start, you know, going back and forth and uh, we'll yeah. see. I'm trying to think of what I will other... definitely jump in it.
1: I am going to jump yeah. in it. I'll bring back a report, a okay. on-the-field report from Sir Lucian is coming.
0: Live from
1: <laughs> Squareville. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, live from Waterdeep. Uh, Water I'm too. here with yeah. the black staff. Uh, we want to find out about the statues that uh are guarding the town. Like, you yeah. know, like I who knows what could be in there. Can I go to Myth Drainer? Can I go to you know one of the dales? Can I go to Cholt? I mean, what are we talking here? I'm excited to find out because imagine it, that come. world realized, right? Yeah. And if you build it, you can wreck it in Minecraft. That was the other draw. Like you can you can dig everything up. Every block is destroyable, everything is reconfigurable removable put it in another spot so there's just a lot of i love the idea of two very creative things coming together so uh
0: planescape is their latest product um which is funny i have not heard much about uh fandelver and below which i know that they're they're really pushing this this three box set for the christmas and things like that it's coming out Mm -hmm. late october i think so it makes sense but um I, I don't know. Fandelver came and went, and we were all excited about the obelisks. And now I don't think anybody's obelisk excited anymore.
1: Because it was an adventure, though it's hard to do a bunch on it when you without spoiling it, right? Because it's an adventure. Exactly. So I mean, what yeah. are you going to talk about really? Versus a book that's here's new mechanics, here's new stuff, here's a new place. That's not spoiler, but uh, an adventure is clearly you know like. What can we talk about?
0: And Planescape is so beloved and Fandelver might be as well, but you're right. It's an adventure. So, but we're getting lots of cool stuff. They have, um, they said they were doing a big emphasis on the gate towns, which are the towns that lead to the outer planes on the, on the, uh, the Outlands, which is the center disc of Planescape. And it's it's funny. So I found on the internet, uh, thanks to Drunken Yoda, he sent us this on our Discord or on the Discord. But he found a copy of the uh, one of the books because it's three books, and this looks like it's the one all about Sigil and the Outlands, and it's ninety six pages. It says, but the the Outlands themselves, all of the Gate Towns are page 60 to 92 and so mm-hmm. there's information there but you've got 16 16 things so i guess you're getting like two pages a two pages a a, a town <laughs> which is pretty good and then other parts of the outlands so i was really excited for this another part of the uh uh not index the um the title uh contents table of contents um mm-hmm. was they have a whole bunch of information on sigil life in sigil and portals but they have um a few things about the lady of pain and the mazes which is where you can get um caught in the mazes and die forever lost uh they also have uh and we talked about this last week but the or i talked about this last week but they have the factions of sigil and mm-hmm. Those are mostly the same. Uh, somebody in chat pointed out that the Dustmen are now called the Heralds of Dust. Uh, and I'm, I don't know why they just, maybe it just sounds better than Dustmen.
1: <laughs> um, I mean, it sounds epic. Heralds of Dust. That yeah. sounds cool. <laughs> but the the
0: Hands of Havoc, I don't remember those as well. Mm. I think there's been a couple of changes. I need to go look at it. Um, more,
1: more emphasis on these names. <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh, those are fun, but they also gave us some uh, like recruitment posters for the different factions. So if you go to D&D Beyond, you can see those recruitment posters. They're kind of cool, and you can download mm-hmm. them and stuff. Um, and then there was like a whole section on D&D Beyond on like how to create your own faction, uh, which I was like, no, because the Lady of Pain specifically has kept the factions at a finite number because she doesn't want um, chaos. And no dungeon single.
1: master will come in here and ruin They're that. They're never going to ruin my <laughs> game.
0: get out of here that's what it is but uh yeah so they talk about gate word and oh and then backgrounds so there's new backgrounds and new feats and stuff and they talk about spells and magic items um in the videos but also they're here on the table of contents uh Mm. i think i think it's gonna be it's gonna be a nice safe planescape uh which is fine that's what people want Um, I'm going to be excited for the updated art and the 5e conversions so that I don't have to do them on myself. Uh, but it's one of those things where I'm going to look at this before it comes out, before I buy it, I want it to come Mm -hmm. out and really, really look at it and say, is this something that I need knowing that I already own a bunch of Planescape books? Um, yeah, I was wondering that
1: too, how much of this is might be newer stuff that you'll be able to go, Oh, now I can do a video on this and really dive deep because there's, expanded knowledge versus this is knowledge we already knew just written in the new book for maybe somebody that didn't have the old books, but it's still not new knowledge, right? It's yeah. not adding to uh, what we've already known. I, I I wonder. Yeah. They do have some cool faction sounds like Doomguard, Guard, Bleak Cabal, the Bleak Fraternity Cabal, of Order.
0: Yeah. And now I'm looking at Mercy my, Killers. I was really curious. Uh, the Mercy Killers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are the, so the, the chaos men, that must be the hands of havoc. Maybe I'm not sure. Okay. Um, society of Sensation. The Sign of One. We don't have the Sign of One, so I don't know. But I to figure
1: out what the like, I'm trying to see, see like, what changed or yeah, <laughs> believer, yeah,
0: believers of the Source. That's not there either. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 2, 3, 4, 5, hmm. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah, there were 16. Uh, in the original Planescape, there were 16 factions, and now there's only 12. So we lost four somewhere.
1: I don't know. They've been taken over. I, and that, that screenshot that you sent for our notes, and it shows uh, Sigil, and it's yeah, like a little Planescape. map there. Yep, that's the outline. Is that how you always imagine it? Because I always imagined that, it just was the 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 city of doors was just out in space. I don't know why I always just thought it was just like in the multiverse, like in a in a vacuum of its own. And it was just the city that just sat there in on the Taurus, but like yeah,
0: yeah. nothing else
1: around it. I didn't realize there was land below it and a big pillar of something rising up to it. Yeah. I had never understood that. So
0: uh, that. when Monty Cook was helping def- define this and stuff, there's a lot of like math play in mm-hmm. um, Planescape. And uh, the idea that you have this infinite flat plane, and that's the Outlands, and there's mountains and stuff, but I, you know what I mean, like a disc.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah.
0: um, the center <laughs> points, uh, the center rises up, and it's one of those where, um, the, they, the, it never comes together to a point, but it will always get half a step closer. So it's like infinitely going up and infinitely getting closer, and. Sigil is the torus that if it, if it ever did touch, it would like invert itself around. And so oh, that ring, that, that donut is, um, Sigil. And there's actually a really cool hand drawing by like some fan of Planescape where he mm-hmm. drew the lower planes attached to the Outlands and the, um the point rising up infinitely and then it kept going and spread out on the top and then the top are the goodly plain gate towns and it's like mm-hmm. but we don't we can't our brains are our human monkey brains can't really understand <laughs> how all of this works um but it's it's that idea that i don't know there's like a a, a different plane of existence that we're not able to be aware of kind of a thing and nice. yeah, a fifth
1: plane, <laughs> plane. Um, or
0: something, you know, like the, the Dimension. 13 dimensions or something like that. Yeah. And so, uh, but they're changing Sigil from what I think is that it used to be a closed Taurus and the city was on the inside. So if you're in Sigil, you can't look out and see the outlands below you. Right. But if you're in the outlands, you can look up and see this weird donut in the sky Um, but it looks like they're kind of changing that, that it's going to be more open in areas. I'm not really sure. I'm curious about that as well, but yeah. Um, And then it's interesting because the gate towns are there, and if you go past the gate towns, you stay in the outlands, but it's just an infinite expanse of nothingness. Like, really, it is tied here because of, I don't know, reasons. And so you could walk three days east past Automata or whatever, past uh, uh, Glorium and blah, 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 a gate town. And then turn around and the gate town is five minutes, five minute walk back, you know, because mm-hmm. just how, I don't know. It's wibbly wobbly timey wimey kind of a thing. So,
1: well, in one of the videos I watched on the D D channel, the YouTube channel, um, they had said something that was interesting. I was going to ask you about it because they said the gate towns are a representation of where they lead back to, but it has to be off enough because if it's too exact of that plane that it points to, then that town gets consumed and is back in the plane that exists and a new town or a new version of that that's slightly off. It can't be, it, it has to have enough of a difference that it has it can to be exist like if you're, yeah. If but you're the, yeah. if you're
0: good, you have to be evil enough to not be, there part has of to be some evil. Realm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. Yeah. And that is true. And the, it's a delicate balance with the gate towns and they're trying to figure it out because yeah. really what changes is the gate. So if the mm-hmm. town becomes too lawful and gets pulled yeah. into mechanists, um, all it means is that the gate moved. And then it's like, well, we had a whole industry on shipping goods with this gate. Now we have to rebuild the town no. over there kind yeah. of thing. Um, so yeah, they try to try to keep it kind of in balance. So. And
1: that's the premise of the adventure I think they give you with the three box set is finding out about one of these gate towns. So either a gate has moved or something has happened to mm-hmm. the gate town and you get to kind of explore a little bit. So that sounds very interesting to me too as a, a box set adventure to go in and kind of learn a little bit more about that. This feels like one I would try to play with players want to play in or run for players because it's not just me making up what's going on and why have I sent, you know, like in rod of seven parts, you sent them to Sigil on purpose, right? You wanted to go there. You wanted to explore that with your party, but that was a cool. And then you, you thought up of all the cool things that would happen while they're there. But this is like a, You're really interacting with like a a box set adventure that's taking you there now. Yeah, well,
0: what I was running was the Great Modron March, which is uh, a lot of a lot of uh, they started in Sigil, but really they are going to gate town to gate town because during Mm -hmm. the Great Modron March, all of the Modrons pour out of Mechanus, the gate town of Mechanus, and they start um, marching the planes and a lot of that is going through the gate towns to get to those planes, you know, cause there's not mm-hmm. a direct route from the abyss to uh, the nine hells or something like that. So there is, but that was a bad example anyway. Uh, but no, it's like Planescape's so cool. It's so cool. And here, I don't know if mm-hmm. you know this because you didn't know that about the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the outlands. So uh, magic on the gate town area, the, the outer ring, works completely fine but every step or every time you get closer to the spire at the center magic works less and less and less so your ninth level spells work fine on the gate towns but if you go in you can now only cast up to eighth level spells and then when you get even further you can only cast up to fifth level spells and your magic items stop working and if you get further and further further and if you get all the way to the spire Uh, no magic works whatsoever. And it can be a place where angels and devils can meet on like common Mm -hmm. ground because nobody has power there. It's like neutral altogether. Um, so nobody really climbs the spire. Nobody tries to get to, uh... Sigil by climbing it and and trying to touch the spire that or trying to touch the torus at the top, like, because mm-hmm. it's so unsafe, there's no magic. And the other really cool thing is there's like a weird race of creatures that live there and they're never disturbed because nobody wants to go to the center of the outlands. <laughs> and so they're just, and they're, there's not much written about them. They're just these weird semi-humanoid creatures that kind of just—they kind of look like Gollum, I think, from Lord of the Rings. Oh, and they're very okay. peaceful. They kind of just like hang out there. Um, that's a good question. Cole Van Soak asked if uh, psionics work at the Spire, and I don't know because psionics was definitely a big part of Dark Sun. I think less of a part of Planescape. So I don't know if they included and not really ghouls, in five E so. yet.
1: Right, we haven't got an official 5e we? haven't got Psyonix have have
0: 5e, yeah, no. So, but no. in second edition, Psyonix... my point was that Psyonix would have been part of the second edition game by the time Planescape came out. Um, gotcha. But I don't know if they addressed that. I'll have to. That's a good. No. That's a good video topic. I'll I'll start with a question <laughs> in my video: Do Psyonix work in Planescape? And they'll be like, "What?" Um, but like, I mean, Planescape's cool. Like, that's a really cool game. So.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, are you getting this box set? Is this one that you're going to? Uh, well, I was uh, saying I was going to wait. and See,
0: because I mm-hmm. I have a lot of the two E Planescape books, and I'm part of me is like, do I do I need all of that information again? Is it yeah. worth it to have the box set? Who knows? Maybe it is. So, it <laughs> might be fun. Just it to, sounds good. Might be fun. Yeah, it sounds like it could be a lot of fun. So, there's uh, yeah, they released some new character options and stuff. So, mm-hmm. oh, we talked about that. Some of the the new feats and things you can get. So that emphasis okay. on yeah. your background allows you to get certain feats that kind of complement your background that they're pushing with with this revision of five E that's coming out. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah,
1: maybe we'll get a DLC for Baldur's Gate three that takes us to Planescape at some point. Like we go through I, a door and we're in Sigil. I
0: would. Doubt that just because the, um, the massive amount of work, but like, I mean, they are not afraid
1: of taking on massive amounts of work. That's Planescape what was a uh, very popular <laughs> video game.
0: And if they want to follow yeah. up with Baldur's Gate 3 with Planescape Torment 2, that would be pretty badass.
1: That so. would be interesting. Larian can take it on. I, I put that in our notes just as a little because I know you had been playing, and I know, um, have you? completed it with a character yet? Have you started like several other campaigns with other characters to see what's happening in your Baldur's Gate playthroughs or um, I, How's how's that going with you?
0: I have finished it. Um it was okay. awesome. It was good. Uh and then now that I'm done with it, I was kind of I was hoping for like a new game plus where I could kind of have my all my spells Starfield. and stuff and play around, but I <laughs> yeah. uh, you can always go back to your previous save and run around Boulder's Gate, but it's hard to go to sure. previous acts. I don't think I can go back to like act one or two with my level 12 oh. character. Um, so I ended up starting um, a drow rogue to kind of play the game again as not a wizard, as not like a mm-hmm. magic caster.
1: Full spell um, caster, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And then I wanted to try different, a different path and different options and stuff so he Mm -hmm. actually turned level five last night when i was playing and uh yeah no it's still a really fun game but now that i finished the story i'm not playing it as manically as i was (laughs) right
1: right and are you exploring more of the Side stuff now because you went in the main game kind of straight through, or did you explore a lot of the side stuff even in your first playthrough?
0: I think I explored a lot of the side stuff on my first playthrough. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, mo Peach says I can. I can use the quick travel to go back. Well, there you go. I should try that out. Let's see, explore some Very of those cool. earlier areas. Um, and you'd give it
1: two thumbs up. Great game. No, one yeah. of the better games you've bought this year. Well, I don't buy years. a lot of
0: video games. Sure, uh, because sure. I usually wait for them to go on super sale. So this Has is the first game I bought. List? This is the first game I bought, like full price, new day of release. Um, And mm-hmm. it's been fun. And like the patches have made things a lot better. It's really good. So I, I mean, yeah, 10 out of 10, I would recommend if you, if you like, if you're listening to this, if you like Dungeons of the Dragons, you'll probably like it. Mm-hmm. Um, It's really fun. There's lots of stuff to explore. There's different ways to go. Like my, mm-hmm. my drow, uh, Rogue that I'm playing right now, I definitely am leaning more heavily on the Mind Flare, like, psionic side of it. And so I'm getting kind of, like, all these cool new abilities that I didn't have. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, And I'm using different people in my party so that I am getting different storylines because... I'm doing I- that in
1: Starfield where I played through once and then I had certain companions I used and mm-hmm. then the other one I was like, well, what's it, how does it play differently if I do this other way? And what I was wondering is it kind of leading to it, there is another game out that's been highly praised, which is the Pathfinder kind of version of mm-hmm. this grand adventure, Wrath of the Righteous. And I was wondering, now that you played this, you loved it, the game's pretty good, you've heard a lot of people have said, this game's great. And I think a lot of those same people have said... Hey, this other game's game. Do you feel like you have an interest to go check out the Pathfinder version? I, Kingmaker wasn't as people. There's a group that liked it, but it had a lot of problems. But I know Wrath of the Righteous. A lot of people said this is really good and on kind of the same level of, of Baldur's Gate.
0: I like I like these isometric RPGs. I always have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I and I guess this isn't an isometric maybe it is, it's, it's really 3D. So yeah, I don't know if Baldur's Gate 3, but it, it fits yeah, that Yeah, they style, call it like the classic
1: RPGs, CRPGs. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I, I like them, um, cause I love Neverwinter Nights. I played one and two and stuff. So I, I would be interested And like Pillars of Eternity was one that I was very interested in, um, and I own and I haven't played, uh, but I think mm-hmm. I'd actually be more interested in going back and playing Baldur's Gate one again. Uh-huh. And I, and then I should probably play two. I don't think I ever started to now that I think about, I'm trying to think of the plot of two and I can't do it. So I should probably go back and do that. Um, But the Icewind Dale, they have another Mm -hmm. uh, Icewind Dale has one and stuff. So I think that would be where I would go first before trying. So It's still the D&D
1: um, version is just still the, where the interest mostly because I I love
0: the world. Like it was fun to walk around Baldur's gate and all these gods that I Mm -hmm. know about and characters and Elminster and stuff. So uh,
1: yeah, very cool i ex- I I bought it when it kickstarted yeah, originally early, or when it did the preview. Access. I did the yeah. Yep and they let us play the first kind of chapter, but I think it's changed some too. Yeah. I've had all these other games I've been playing recently. It's on my list to say, okay, it's time to dive in. I'm just trying to get through a few of the other ones to to play through. And I too I think wanna do a wizard playthrough because the wizard's one of my favorite classes. So
0: it's funny. You need I a like lot of money too. because unlike every other spellcasting okay. class, you have to You find a lot of scrolls, which is cool. Because if you ever run out of spell slots, you can use all your scrolls to cast spells. Uh, But in order to learn them, you got to learn them. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Shut off the money. Yeah. (laughs) You have to have a lot of money just to learn spells. All right. Um, But uh, yeah, and I think the playthrough after this one, if I ever do another one, will be, well, characters I still want to play is, uh, I want to do a Tome Warlock. I think that would be really fun, and just really focus on mm. cantrips and see if I can make cantrips like really powerful and useful. And then um, I should. Well, my original was yeah. ranger
1: because I wanted to see how. And then yeah, ranger I wanted to play. do a beastmaster ranger. <laughs> that was the other one. That's yeah. what I was playing. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, sorcerers, druids cool. cool There's too. little changes that are interesting from base five e. Like my rogue is a uh, a thief. I did the thief subclass, and. Mm-hmm. I think the Thief subclass has, like, fast hands in D&D 5e, and so you're, like, you get extra things to do with your bonus action, but they translated that into giving you two bonus actions, which I Hmm. remember um, Jeremy Crawford saying, like, don't make magic items that give more than one bonus action because it's a very... Slippery slope, slippery slope kind of thing of overpoweredness and i thought that was really interesting but it's like but in a video game it really does work um yeah. but it's kind of fun because i can main attack and then i can attack twice with my offhand or i can main attack and then i can disengage and then i can dash because i have two bonus actions and i i like it so
1: are you feel like you're stealthing around more sneaking around more this broke the, the, the yeah because yeah. <laughs> you get cool. it
0: you need advantage in order to get sneak attacks so i do a lot of stealth but Ah, and I'm pickpocketing right. and things like that, and you want to stealth if you do that. Mm-hmm. So no, it's a great game. It's super fun. I've been having a lot of fun with it. So
1: works great on the Steam Deck too, right? That's how you've been playing it. It
0: uh it is playable on the Steam Deck. Oh, it is okay. not uh it, your battery will die very, very fast. And mm-hmm. um the graphics are not the best. But I have been streaming it to my Steam Deck from my computer because uh I, I usually am just upstairs hanging out with my family. Oh, yeah.
1: And it's turn-based, so, so you're not trying to Twitch oh, yeah, shoot no, things. Yeah. I could see it working it, it in plays a streamed really great version. And I
0: love it, yeah. I use Moonlight, gotcha. and I play, I stream it over the internet, or over my home Wi-Fi, and it's great. Fair um, cool. There you go. Modiphius!
1: <laughs> <laughs> a great company. Love Modiphius them.
0: released an expansion for their Fallout tabletop RPG, which I remember this uh-huh. was a big deal when it came out the table the fallout tabletop i think the fallout video games were like on the rise or i'm trying Mm -hmm. to remember but it was like it was pretty big um i have not read it or anything but i was kind of like okay that's kind of interesting so this expansion is all about creating settlements which was really cool so, That's big in the, in
1: the last game yeah. they released, Fall Four, I think is it is what it so is. So
0: it's the Settlers guidebook, and it's all about like mm-hmm. making your own, I don't know, Commonwealth, <laughs> like kind of like, cool. yeah. And so uh, it kind of feels like, okay, you've played the base game of D and D. Here's how you build, uh, or here's stronghold and followers, in a way, mm-hmm. you know. But um, instead, you're you're building your your post apocalyptic. Settler book Mm -hmm. or place to live. Um, it's up for pre-order for like thirty-six dollars. So, like, I don't know. Modiphius Mm -hmm. does good stuff, and that seems like a very reasonable price if you're into the Fallout universe. I thought I would bring that back.
1: Um, yeah, I I noticed I'm talking about on their on their page. They're doing some more lower deck stuff because I think it's been popular enough that they're continuing doing more lower deck stuff. And I'm like, that is such a campaign that I think would be great for a like you were talking about a couple of shows ago where five or six session, not a bit, it doesn't have to be a big, long game campaign, not necessarily a one shot, but maybe close to it or in the middle of, of those two things. And then lower decks is definitely one of those that I think would be great. And then the other one I was mentioning many moons ago, many, many months, I kept telling you I was play testing game, but I was under an NDA that I couldn't talk about. And I was play test, play test. And well, that's up on their site now. It's called dreams and machines. I didn't know if you saw this one or if you, thought it might be interesting because it does have large robots involved and I know what kind of large robot kick you're on at the moment (laughs) um I heard
0: about it I heard that it was kind of like uh is it horizon zero dawn is that the? oh yeah yeah it's like that's a good description kind of primal but there's still robots and people are trying to figure out what's going on yeah yeah I think Um,
1: the world is like super in the future everything has gone terribly um, people are starting to come back out of being like hunted or, or we're, we're down to just the who survived, but they're also uncovering what technology was out there and the danger of if we wake them up again, does the apocalypse start to happen again or or can it be controlled now? Or can we, can we use it to our benefit or mm-hmm. is it still just going to tear us down or whatever? So it's that, that interesting time frame of, low technology is rediscovering high technology and then there's just these and they have some pictures and some artwork of just cool I think that's why fighting robots me, yeah. i'm just like
0: yes <laughs> i think that's why it reminds me of horizon zero dawn because i was yeah. playing that when i saw that the 2d
1: 20 test. system that's that's very familiar so if you played their star trek system or any of their 2d 20 systems i'm pretty sure you'll be able to pick this up pretty quick if you're interested so yeah i thought it was really interesting i enjoyed the playtest. i thought the playtest was fun and, and well ran um i'm interested to see i might pick this up when it goes on sale
0: okay It's pretty good. Um, Yeah, that's been a running theme in the book that I'm reading too. Where it's like it's so it's it's in the future and people have space travel, but Mm -hmm. they always are trying to find like ancient tech. But there's this fear of like if we activate this, will we be able to understand it? Slash, will it take over our whole ship because (laughs) it's so advanced (laughs) that we don't know how to stop it? Kind of a thing. Um, Yeah, and I thought that was that's kind of a I don't know it's a fun trope i guess so
1: definitely yeah yeah you've seen it a lot
0: um evil genius games they great name i'm not super familiar with them but they Mm -hmm. are uh they are the epitome of let's make rpgs with licensed properties so they have gotten the license to do the following they made an rpg based on the crow escape from new york pacific rim rambo and so this is what they do Um, Well, can I
1: add to that? They made a game that a role-playing game called everyday heroes. And then they have these books that are all of these movie franchises that attach to that game. That's called everyday heroes that they've created. Oh,
0: okay. Okay. Yeah. So they, um, they kind of specialize in this is what it feels like to me because that's Mm -hmm. like, they have their base game. They have this. So I, and this is how out of touch I am with stuff this month, but, uh, Rebel Moon is a Zack Snyder sci-fi movie. Is it out? On Netflix? it's a
1: Netflix show. I don't think it's out, or I'd be watching or is it. it a show? But they've been. It's okay. it's a Netflix show, as far as I understood. I didn't think it was going to be a movie. I thought it was going to be as a series, a Netflix original series. But I could be wrong. It looked cool. I've seen um, some visuals. Of yeah, it, and it looks so great.
0: Zack Snyder is uh, behind this, and look the up. summary of it is. Uh, Rebel Moon, it's very sci-fi, and it says, when a peaceful settlement on the edge of a distant moon finds itself threatened by the armies of a tyrannical ruling force, a mysterious stranger living among its villagers becomes their best hope for survival. Um, This is Netflix. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes out. I'm just kind of looking at the IMDb here. Um, But Evil Genius Games has been working with Zack Snyder, directly, and Netflix to make a tabletop RPG uh, tie-in for Rebel Moon. And from their perspective, uh, Evil Genius says that they're like, hey, we were contracted to make this. Um, And they said they've made, like, what, a 230-page world Bible, a 430-page player guide, and a 340-page Game Master's Guide. And it was like, they sent it to Netflix for kind of like approval and art review and things because it is a product for Netflix. And Netflix said, we're canceling the project and we're keeping everything you wrote for us. Now, keep in mind, when you talk about a world Bible, like they're expanding upon that world. And now Netflix, if they have that world Bible, can be like, okay, uh, well, yeah, if we go over here to this other moon, it's all been hashed out here. We can just use some of this. And it's one of those kind of, it feels like a really scummy thing that a big corporate corporation would do where they're like, we don't actually want to buy your intellectual property. We want to just kind of inherit it. And so we're, we're going to take it. and not game. release it. Yeah. Either. And so they're not releasing the game. Netflix said the game is canceled and they said that everything that you worked on, you, uh, everything that was worked on is now ours um Mm -hmm. even though we're not going to release it which is just crap because they're going to sit on it and use it for something else um and uh evil genius said no and it's i mean netflix is a big company to sue so it's kind of spooky for them to do this but Mm -hmm. they're gonna go to court i guess because they haven't been um they said that they haven't been uh paid for their work uh fully like you know the the work that we've did that you guys didn't pay us fully. just kind of things like that. So there's money involved and then they want to just release the game. Um, but they also said like, we wrote it like it's our ideas. It's not your intellectual property. So, mm-hmm. uh, so
1: that's, yeah, I got an email uh, from, news. cause I backed this Kickstarter and it was from Todd Scott, who is the evil genius CEO. Okay. And he sent to all the people that backed it and all the customers of evil genius. He's like, Hey, dear valued customer, you know, it goes on to talk, talk about what's happened. And then there's, like, they have the sign our petition. They're asking people to, you know, post in social medias, like, hashtag give them credit, hashtag release the game, uh Rebel Moon Blues. And then they're saying tag in Evil Genius Games, Netflix, and Zack Snyder all at the same time. Because they're really trying to get a groundswell movement of, of enough people to say, hey, there's enough of an audience out here that wants you just to let them release it. Will you do it or will you not? So they're really... They're pulling it all out so a lawsuit they're they're going to all of the you know the customers of the kickstarter that did this and i don't remember rebel moon being announced when they did the kickstarter because they did announce all these other ips that they had bought like rambo and the crow and escape from new york pacific rim was the one i got that i was really the most interesting except the oh, Pacific rim could be a really cool game to play in um But I don't remember Rebel Moon being in there. But if I'd have known, I'd be like, yeah, give me the Rebel Moon one. Because it looks, it's supposed to be like Zack Snyder's Star Wars, as far as I understood it. It's like his version of a Star Wars world.
0: Chat's saying that the initial release will be December 22nd. So that's why we haven't seen Rebel Moon on okay. Netflix yet.
1: Thanks, Chad. And then
0: also, it is Zack Snyder's Star Wars in that he submitted this to Lucasfilm. And when it wasn't picked up, he rewrote it to strip out all the Star Wars stuff. <laughs>
1: He's like, so. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll do my um, own.
0: <laughs> but another interesting thing is uh, Sky points out that the Adam Adam Conover talked about it on the writer's guild strike. And that oh. now that I think about this, if you're Netflix and you can't. You're unwilling to pay your writers because of the writers' guild strike, Uh, or you—you know—I don't have writers currently working for me. Why don't I get this game design company to write me a lore bible for my show, and then I can just appropriate it? Um, And Uh that's kind of that's that makes a lot more sense. I could see them being like, "Oh yeah, this will this is how we'll subvert our writer's strike because they're not writing for the show; they're writing for a game, but we can use it for both." I don't like that, so uh, boo Netflix, boo big companies.
1: There is a big article on Gizmodo that uh, a reporter kind of goes into depth, and it did kind of some of the research on the whole story. So if you're really interested in, you know, how it started, where it's at, where it's going, there's a there's a, a pretty good article out there you can find.
0: <laughs> down with Netflix. Uh, down <laughs> with the Empire. Uh, yeah, so what's happening in the world of Paizo? I saw some cool Starfinder stuff that I wanted to talk about, but...
1: Definitely. But, well, everything's happening in Paizo because they're they're also in the midst of lots of playtesting. Yeah. They're in the midst of doing some revisions for their games, smartly not calling it, you know, a 6E or doing, you know, changing their OGL or anything that just, like, drives the community crazy. They're doing it in the way that you would expect to do it, very open, very, um, in a way that's going to promote the community, not kick them out or... or get them not to be excited about it. And what I liked about was they are talking about two new classes. They are kind of like divine based kind of classes called uh, the Animist. And I wrote down what was the other one. I'm getting back to my notes here as I was in the other page. Animist and then the uh, Exemplar. So I thought those were kind of cool ideas. The um, Exemplar is about channeling divine energy into items, and then that's what's empowering you. So I thought, OK. So you're getting it's, like it's a not divine necessarily Artificer in a way, empowered. maybe? <laughs> like, yeah, something like, yeah. So I was thinking, yeah, you're, you're feeding all of that divine energy into a sword or into a bow or into something else that makes that character kind of interesting. And then the Animist is about cycling in the divine and supernatural energies of, uh, of creatures and then being able to connect with them or use them in some ways. And I'm, in my head, I went to, like, ghosts or specters or things, and somehow your class ties into maybe getting some of those abilities or being able to use that kind of stuff. I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. But they have a playtest out there right now that you can dive into uh, their Pathfinder 2E stuff. You can go to Demiplane, which is really now, if you're big into Pathfinder 2E and you're trying to learn it, Demiplane, I think, is the place to go, just like if you were trying to learn d 4 years ago, going to DD Beyond, was such a great tool to understand well how do i create a character and the rules work right and you're not just guessing if you did it right or not Mm -hmm. it's like the character builder actually lets you do things or don't doesn't let you do things if you're not allowed to do them so that's really cool and i think uh right now Demiplanes in that place now that it can be just as useful it was D&D beyond is um for this pathfinder 2 now so i'm excited to kind of play my my party that wants to play a new game, this is later in the show when we talk about that stuff. They were really set on playing DD 5e. And I was just like, in the back of my head, I was like, you guys sure you don't want to play Pathfinder 2e? I, <laughs> you know, I'd love we could try it all to learn together. And I was like, and I love DD and I love, I'm playing a 5e campaign. But I was like, are you sure you don't want to try one of these on the game? <laughs> Maybe down the road, they'll, they'll let me uh, run them a different game besides DD 5e. DD 5e is still popular with kids. I don't know. So. <laughs> Yeah. um, How about your interest in? I know you like your Starfinder interest, but has your Pathfinder 2e interest ever peaked or increased or decreased? You know, I
0: I feel like uh, playing the crunchy game is great. A lot of people love the crunchy game. I feel like I got enough of crunch and enough of like builds and things like that Mm -hmm. with D and D 5e that. Um, I just went in a different direction, and I really am enjoying the OSR more. So OSR, like, if I'm yeah. going to start playing something new, it's it's not going to be a more difficult 5e, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I, I like 5e. At this point, I know it. Uh, there, there has been some people at my Friday night um, gaming group at the game store. Um, Mm -hmm. and they they have pathfinder available but i i would definitely play it but i don't have this need of like oh man like i did with i guess back in the day or or even dungeon crawl classics i'm like i need to play this so i wanted to like run and i'm like i'm gonna run it and so with pathfinder i'm like i'll play it but like i don't have a need to run it i guess Mm
1: -hmm. so because i i think for uh lore videos the world they have that goes around this glorion or or glorion boy i bet you'd have a huge stock of videos to go through if you tackled that world and started doing lore videos on that no and i mean
0: (laughs) think about um somebody told me once they're just like what like you should just be the lore guy don't be the deity lore lore guy guy. uh because they're like cover like game of thrones or cover this and i was like Do you know how much work that would be to become like a pseudo expert on all of these (laughs) different fandoms? Like, I don't know if I can do that, guys, but uh, Mm -hmm. but you're right. Like, I think for Glorion and Pathfinder, I would probably I don't need to play Pathfinder, but I think I would need to play in that world, you know, to really get a feel for it um midgard's another one you know cobalt press has their campaign setting of midgard and i was like i'm it's great there's lots of cool useful stuff in there uh it's a lot you know and so just we were just talking about planescape that was a lot and that's because i was able to play a planescape game and lots of reading and lots of going through and that got me like Mm -hmm. a few videos so i don't know (laughs) um but i was curious about starfinder enhanced which is basically the the 2e version of starfinder they're kind of polishing it up that's what I'm hoping um, yeah. and I also don't have a super interest in Starfinder but I, I thought this was cool one of the ancestries <laughs> you can play is a hologram and I was like what and I love that idea because I love Star Trek and things like that I thought that was kind of cool like the doctor from Star Trek and so you're actually like a core in your chest is the picture of uh, and that emits a hard light projection that is your character. So you can kind of change what you look like all the time, but you do look like a hologram is what they were kind of saying. Uh, but you can change mm-hmm. your size and shape, or you can turn it off and just be a floating metal box that uh, only can use like mind powers or something. Like you can't physically interact with stuff unless you turn on your hard light appearance. And I was just like, oh man, right away, that's what I would play in a heartbeat. I just think that would be <laughs> yeah. so cool. Yeah. Um, so I was that's looking like at that. and an I'm like am like that's yeah, as like soon as you hear
1: ooze, you're like, Oh, I don't oh, yeah. That.
0: <laughs> yeah, the ooze race and spelljammer. I was like, so yeah. cool. so I thought that was it, was just really, I, I don't know, i just found that cool and I was really that excited is cool. for it. So, um, other little I'm new- excited for
1: oh. it because I hope they um streamline those rules so they're a bit easier. And I think well, if they become a, a bit easier and a tiny bit less crunchy, I think yeah. it would be more popular. And then I would hope that I get to play it or even run a campaign in it. Because I did have a hard time trying to dive into it and figure it all out. I was having some trouble. But I'm hoping that with this enhanced version, they're kind of cleaning all that little rough edges up, and it'll turn into a really fantastic game to play. So I'm hoping.
0: Um, Just in news, uh, Goodman Games had a warehouse transfer. So a lot of their shipping was delayed. But now DCC 100 is fulfilling and going out to people. Um, which is the 100th adventure that Goodman Games has put out. And it's a doozy. It's got like moving map parts that come with it and stuff. It was really cool. So if you kickstarted that, that's gonna come out soon. Um, and then randomly, David Somerville, who is the author of Plangia, he created Plangia. we've been talking about Plangia. We he must have heard something because he's like, What? Plangia. So <laughs> he started messaging us in the Kickstarter or in the Discord. And mm-hmm. said, um, I really like that you're in a pl- or starting a Plangea game. Uh, he's like, you should definitely do Plangea lore videos. And I was like, okay, that's kind of fun. <laughs> um, he's just a really creative kind of cool guy. Well, then yeah. he messaged me and he's like, well, I don't want to like shill out my stuff, but I thought I'd let you know that I have a new Kickstarter. And this is for a Absolutely. sci-fi 5e setting called Prismanix. And yes. this is interesting because uh, it is a campaign setting on a poster. And so I really like the idea of trying to get, um, there was an RPG a while ago that was part of a record. So you, you bought this record that would go in a record player and you would put it down and you would play it, but all the fold out insert stuff was the map and things. So you had a soundtrack playing while you played. And so the idea (laughs) of putting a game design in non-traditional spaces intrigued me yeah. and so this i thought was cool enough to bring up because prismanix it's it's a it's a 5e campaign setting on a poster and so, so instead of like a one
1: page game or a one page yeah. rpg or a one page campaign it's a put po- one it's a poster, movie campaign. poster yeah it's yeah, a giant movie really poster
0: fun. and he made this setting and it's all that's there and so i mean i i imagine you'll get a digital version of it and you'll try to like i don't know but I, I just thought that was a really clever idea. And I don't know anything about Prismanix, Prismanox. Um, it <laughs> could be the coolest sci-fi setting ever. Maybe it's not. If I know David, it's probably pretty badass. I'll, uh, I'll give you the catch
1: yeah. line. A thousand astounding worlds of space opera and sorcery unfold in this space opera setting for 5e, emanating from the mystical mists of a forbidden nebula.
0: There you go. So I put the link in chat. You guys can check it out. Um, yeah
1: i like the infinity sign that's kind of prominent there but it looks like it must be some it just draws your eyes to the artwork and it's like oh what's going on here what's this <laughs> and it looks like some hexes in there maybe some hex based stuff going on yeah i think so we should have him on the show to talk about it because he was super interesting when we got to talk to him about Plangia.
0: he'd probably love to be back he's probably listening and he's yeah. like yeah i'll be back i'll be back so i'll uh, come back on we, we'll talk to him um, that ends in like 20 days, 25 days. So, but if you're interested, it's pretty cool and it's funded. Uh, I don't think he was looking for a huge amount of money for this. Uh, but he's. it's, again, it's just kind of like a curiosity. I thought that was really cool. Um, I put it up. Cause on like a lot of people sure. are making like skate wizards. The RPG came with a cassette right. tape and things like that. Like, I like this this transcending mediums with RPGs. I think that's kind of a cool Mm -hmm. idea. And I I never really thought about like a poster. Like you always hear about the one page RPGs and stuff like that. So, um, Mm -hmm. I get, I think we could probably skip our discussion. We were just going to talk about horror games because Halloween's here, but maybe look
1: at the time. I I totally wasn't even watching the
0: time. I'll make a couple of them. Well, we started late too because of the sound issues, but I'll make a couple of, uh, choices for halloween games i like the idea of that
1: um yeah. I, have not I will just pla- mention Go next ahead. friday i do i'm kicking off a brand new campaign so I, I feel like next friday i'll have much more interesting things to talk about as far as <laughs> running a game and playing games so next week's uh what have well, you been doing in gaming and then what, is,
0: what is the setting i wasn't i, I we don't need to end just yeah. yet because we started late so i wanted to ask you yeah. like about your new game like you're starting it up yeah. where's it gonna go
1: yeah so i put them in I, I told them to create level one characters i told them to keep the characters fairly young for whatever group they are because they're they're just now decided to stop doing whatever they were going to do and they're going to become adventurers whatever that means so they weren't adventurers before they but they are going to be now and they've Somehow got it in their head, either through stories or just local knowledge, that adventures go to Waterdeep. So they're like young people who have stopped doing whatever they're doing. They're just like, "I heard we're supposed to go to Waterdeep." Like, "Hey, I heard you go to LA to become a movie star or whatever." So I'm just oh, going to okay. go. So like, just we're just going to Waterdeep. So I said, "Just make your way to Waterdeep, and we'll we're you can you know they could just do that, and we're going to start the first session is them getting to the gates of Waterdeep and what that means. And it was really funny in session zero because I gave them the rules of Waterdeep, which you can find in lots of different areas. And I was like, here's the laws that they hand you as you're walking into the gate. And they're like, what, there's laws? (laughs) What's going on? And these seem really crazy and it's pretty structured in Waterdeep. And But I still think what I want to do is I want to to make it feel like it's a normal game, like it's an almost, hey, you guys meet in the tavern, and you're going to be adventurers, and you're going to go on your first quest, but then I just want to drop a bomb on it and just go big, because I don't think I've ever in any of my campaigns just tried to upside down the whole world in the very first session, I've always been very traditional. You guys meet in a tavern, you get some quests, somebody sends you out to do something, you go out and you do things. And then things might get more crazy or more interesting or more, you know, but starts out pretty mundane. And I'm thinking I want to flip it a little bit, a little bit, and Matt Colville did this with his campaign and he talked about in a lot of his uh, running game uh, advice series on his YouTube is about, you know, just dropping that big moment, that big thing right in the very beginning that just kind of, Blows their expectations out of the water and then bring it back and say, okay, now what do you guys do? Or now how yeah. do you handle this? You should start.
0: So, uh, I was thinking of alien. You should start. They're all sitting around the the table eating food. <laughs> chest and then, burster. And then somebody <laughs> starts convulsing and a giant monster yeah, bursts out of the chest of somebody. Yeah. And they have to find A mind flare.
1: <laughs> yeah. A mind flare. Well, I was thinking of like the opening, although they've seen, they play Baldur's Gate. So I can't use that. I want to get a group who had never seen the Baldur's Gate opening because the idea that they could be sitting, they're walking down the alley, and then, oh, and that, then a giant the ship, ship appears, yeah. and the dragons are chasing it, and then smashing through the town, and then it takes off. I just thought, oh, that's kind of a that would be a cool visual to, to give somebody who hasn't seen it yet. But maybe it's the rising do up from the
0: ocean to like yes. retake the land or something
1: cthulhu yeah yeah something like yeah, that coming from that so yeah that i'm gonna drop a big bomb on them or even like plane breaker you know that's one of the things about the plane breaker campaign book it talks about it appears a giant planet oh, yeah. <laughs> you know just boom, a big it's there.
0: asteroid moon in the sky that that actually yeah. could be really cool so
1: so that is my idea. OK, didn't mean to go too far over. But I think next week it should be pretty interesting because I'll play, we're playing on Friday night. Um, so I think I'll have that. And I'm pretty sure we'll play this Thursday. We should play our normal uh, Dungeon of the Mad Mage. So I should have lots of extra stuff to talk That's about. That's
0: great. Yeah, Um. so I was going to play uh, GCC. We're kind of working on stuff. but uh, Or we're almost done with Perils of the Purple Planet, which is really exciting. Um, And we're talking about like what we might play next as we kind of put a bow on this, Uh, but then a bunch of players had to cancel, and so uh, two two of my friends came over and we ended up having another session of that Freelancers board game that I really liked by Plat Hat Games, and we played Mm -hmm. the second scenario and we died, and I was just like, guys, this got a little more difficult kind of suddenly. Getting over
1: man, and so.
0: it, it encourages you, like, we could go back and try it again, get new characters mm-hmm. and things like that. And we did just have really bad luck. But again, it's, it's uh, Freelancers, I can't recommend it enough. It's really funny. It's got a good D&D feel. And it's a one-session thing. Like, you know, we play it, yeah. we finish it, we're good. Um, so even cool. though we died, we had a lot of fun and we were laughing pretty hard. Uh, and then my goal is to have Plangia start next weekend. And so uh, that'll be really exciting. Um, I had one player drop out, but we replaced them with another player. Uh, so I just mm-hmm. need to bring that guy up to speed. And then, um, but yeah, I was talking Is this my an at the ad. table or is this yeah. a virtual game? It'll be at the this table. an at the
1: table. Nice.
0: I've decided I don't like virtual. <laughs> like the more I play, the more I'm just like, I don't, I get as a player during virtual, I get really like... Oh, I'm staring at my computer. I stare at my computer all day anyway. I don't want to do this anymore. And then mm-hmm. as a dungeon master, uh, I get lost a lot. I don't know. It just kind of, I just I just want to okay. play at a table with my friends. I'm a definitely at, a, at the table. There's kind of person, nothing wrong so.
1: with that. <laughs> no, there is. Yeah, you're right. And I think nothing that's just how wrong. I like. So,
0: Yeah. Um. but hopefully Plangea will start and then that'll be a lot of fun. So.
1: I can't wait to hear about it because it's one of my favorite books I've read this year is that whole campaign setting it's yeah. been really good really creative if you and now you got it, a, you should find it
0: Historica arcanum to read and that'll be your new film. well when it comes out I can't, <laughs> yeah I
1: can't wait that'll be awesome
0: that's our show ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for watching uh I have a patreon mm-hmm. Jordan uh, patreon.com slash Jordan with a PH in the middle um, or you can go to www.jordan with a ph in the middle, dot com, and look at all the cool things that I am working on and stuff like that. Uh, October's around the corner. We'll be we'll be making shows. It's gonna be fun. Um, I gotta I gotta man. Now I gotta do my annual kids on bikes game yeah. again. So.
1: Fall is the season for shows and uh, themed games for themed sure. Games. This is, everybody's getting inside, so everybody's planning stuff that they can do inside. The sun's going down much quicker, so there's not a lot sun's of time to be real outside. Low. Sun's getting Don't low, buddy. There, fall asleep
0: there, <laughs> Hulky. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. We'll be here next week with another episode of the Saturday Morning RPG Show. Take care.